across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Let's talk to Sarah Ferguson, the inspirational open water swimmer, founder of Breathe Conservation and very involved in conservation as well. But one of the reasons we're getting her diagnosed with the coronavirus, COVID-19, 10 days before the lockdown was declared in South Africa. Uh, Sarah Ferguson, it feels like a million days since 10 days before lockdown. Was there even a time before lockdown? Uh, yeah, it feels like a very long time ago. Hey, <laughs> Quite crazy. How did you uh, do you know how you got it? Um, no, I assume I got it in the UK because I got it uh, my first symptom 13 days after returning. Mm. Um, but it, I don't think you can ever really tell. Yeah, it's it's uh, it could have been in the airplane. Who knows? Yeah, all right. So yeah. first of all, how are you coping? Are you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm 100% now. It took a long time. It took me over three months before I felt normal again, but yeah. I'm feeling great now. So those 14 day stories you hear, not really a thing. Uh, not for everyone. I think everyone. I think the tricky thing about the virus is everyone is different. And for me, I had secondary complications. And I think being an athlete, it just took a lot longer to recover. Um, not all athletes take long to recover. Some are asymptomatic. You know, it, it's it's just a mm. tricky a tricky thing. But uh, yeah, you're a swimmer. It's all about breathing and managing the breath. Well, it, it must have been quite traumatic. Yeah, it was. And I think because it was quite early in the days, there wasn't, mm. there was still quite a lot of fear around the virus and I, I, there still is, but um, there's a lot more known now. And I think because it was so, so new, it was quite a shock to, to people that are new and friends and family and clients and, you know, that sense of responsibility that you feel for maybe having infected someone who might die because of you. I mm. mean, that was all quite scary mm. on top of being ill and not feeling 100%. And we talk about the lockdown, but I've spoken to a couple of people where because you have it, you, you can't interact with anybody. That How was that for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite nice initially. Um, <laughs> I had people from all over the world that I haven't been in touch with contacting me and wow. getting hold of me. So it was like a good time of catching up, which you don't normally have. So I quite enjoyed the first um, sort of two weeks. And then it got a bit tricky after that mm. when I had to stay locked down because we were all forced to lock down and... I was still not well and yeah I mean in some ways it was it was like a welcome relief for my body and just to to get some much needed rest mm. um, but it did get lonely at times and it did get tough at times but most of the time I wasn't really feeling well enough to want to be out in the world anyway so <laughs> yes. yeah it's a good point <laughs> yeah you know you don't want to go night clubbing when you when you got the coronavirus no. <laughs> Not a thing. Uh, okay, Sarah, a number of things we can talk about. Open water swimmer and breathe conservation. Let's talk about the swimming. Give us some of your, some of your esteemed experiences. Uh, I've had a few. Um, my most recent was uh, setting a Guinness World Record circumnavigating Easter Island in March last year. Um, and that was with a team uh, from people around the world who helped make that happen, um, particularly Plastic Oceans who sponsored the swim. Um, and we actually, we're releasing a documentary very soon about that movie. So you can watch the space for that, which mm. is exciting, um, about that swim. Um, my very first channel swim will always be my most special uh, when I swam from Molokai to Oahu in Hawaii. Um, that was an incredible thing for me personally because it was the furthest I've ever swum. It was a, a huge step of faith into the unknown and it was terrifying, but at the same time, the best thing I've ever done. Um and then I've had some amazing swims just locally along our coastline, up up KwaZulu-Natal into Mozambique, down the south coast, um, and having been 
the privilege of swimming with sharks and whales and dolphins and turtles and mm. rays and just incredible wildlife experiences. It just it, it really makes it such a special, unique thing for me. So what came um, first? Just being an element. What came first, the conservation or the swimming? Uh, swimming always came first. Uh, I, I was a pool swimmer, so that's always been my, my love, um, the water. And then it, it grew into ocean swimming. Um, and when I, I mean, I've always loved nature and initially wanted to work with big cats like uh, Joan Os- Osborne. Um, so I've always had a, I had a passion for nature and, and a hate of pollution and litter. And, and I've always loved the water. So I think it's kind of always been in me. But if I had to pick one, I'd say, definitely say swimming came first. Um, I've always been drawn to the water from before I could walk. I've spoken to swimmers and, and canoeists that do these long trips, and they say at no point do you not see plastic in the water anymore. Is that your experience as well? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you don't see it in the water, you definitely see it every time you go to the beach. Right. Um, it's it's devastating. It's, it's everywhere. And um, I was actually doing some some research today and just trying to figure out, like, over 1 billion tons of plastic have been produced in since the 1950s. Mm. And that's equivalent of, we worked it out in terms of driving, it's equivalent of driving for 310 hours, for 24 hours a day. Uh, 310 years, sorry, yeah. for 24 hours a day. I mean, it, it's insane. It's just when you start to like, actually break it down. And, the, and the, the very sad fact is that every single piece of plastic ever made is still out there. It, mm. it doesn't ever disappear. And they want to double that by 2040. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's frightening. And, and I, I imagine when you're swimming, you're seeing animals being affected by uh, all, all, the, all the trash in the sea. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there was actually a dead bird in the sea today that was spotted. Um, you see, you know, so you see images of turtles being washed up, whales with plastic in them. I mean, they're not supposed to eat plastic. They don't know what plastic is. Mm. I've swum in the sea and seen bits of plastic that I thought was a jellyfish, and when I got closer, I realized it was a plastic packet. Yeah. And if I can't tell the difference, how do they know? Right. I mean, that we created it. We know what it is. They don't. Um, and it's, it, you know, we consuming it just by eating fish, drinking water. You know, it's everywhere. They mm. found it in rain now. So hmm. it really is a, it's a global crisis that we all have to, to really ser- take seriously and, and actually take action about. Um, there's enough evidence to actually start taking action now. Obviously, you're using the swimming to raise awareness about this, and, and you're a public speaker, so you get to, to do that. Uh, yeah. At what point do you go? Well, psh, there's nothing I can do. I'm just, I'm just Sarah Ferguson, and nobody's listening to me. Oh, it's tough, eh? The more involved you get, the tougher it is because you realise how big the problem is. But then, you know, I'll see someone else doing something amazing, and, and I think for me, the key is is collaborating with other organisations that that are doing amazing work and have been doing it for longer than me, or new ones popping up, and just, you know, just staying inspired by the people around you because there there's stuff happening all the time. That's You've got to just keep looking at the positives and keep believing you can make a difference because mm. if you don't, then we might as well give up now. We might as well all give up. <laughs> Does surviving COVID-19 make you more positive? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's. I think going through the process of, of what I went through, having gone through so much before and, and crossing channels, it makes you resilient. Mm. Um yeah, you've got to just continue to believe in, in the good of, of humans. I think the, the positive out of COVID and the lockdown globally has been really good for, for large parts of nature um, in terms of carbon dioxide emissions, in terms of, I mean, this is 
the biggest sardine run we've had in the last 15 years was this year. Mm. Um, there've been three whales giving birth right here in Natal along our coastline sure. um, in front of people's houses. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's because of lockdown. I have to assume it is, but you know, nature will survive if we leave it alone for a little bit and, and it's up to, uh, we depend on that. So I'm, I'm hoping that COVID has, has just shed a new light onto what we're doing mm. to our planet and how we live our lives and what's important. Yeah, people talk about, so for me, that's the positive from it. People sure. talk about a reset and this is an opportunity to reset and to analyze what we've been doing. Yeah, yeah it is. And um, it's really important that we do that. I think it, a lot of people have taken the opportunity to go back to their old ways in terms of hygiene with, you know, just for example, coffee shops, they've, they started saying, you know, only takeaway cups are mm, allowed, mm. Uh, you know, the disposable ones. And I'm like, actually, no, like, that's ridiculous. We, we can't go back there. We need to move <laughs> forward. And there's always a way, you know, you can sanitize it. They don't even need to cut, touch the cup. In New Zealand, they don't right. allow um, disposable cups. So there are options. It's just thinking a little bit more creatively. And, and definitely, it's an opportunity to reset. And I think it's a big reminder that we need to reset if we want to move forward as a as humanity so much i could talk about sarah what's next for you now then now that you've recovered you're back in the sea what's next for you yeah i mean i'm still i have to build back up to where i was it's going to take some time mm. um and i'm waiting to see what what gets opened up i, I can't really plan anything at the moment because these borders are closed yeah. and uh, we can't do you're a lot of on stuff. the beach Beaches are still closed no we're not so um, it's kind of just ticking over and, and biding my time working on other things um, in the meantime and, and just kind of trying to establish the foundation of Breathe before we can plan for what's next. So I've got a few, a few things in mind, but we're also trying to wrap up the documentary from Easter Island. So that's the focus for now and, and then we'll see. Sarah, great chatting to you. Thanks very much and uh, thank you for recovering and, and looking after our planet as best you can. <laughs> Thanks so much. Sarah Ferguson. You can go find her on the Twitters. She's busy on Instagram as well. She's she's more on Instagram than she is on Twitter. Uh, but if you go follow her on Twitter, you can follow her on Instagram as well because everything sort of links together. But it's at Sarah Ferguson ZA. It's on Twitter and on Facebook as well. S-A-R-A-H Sarah Ferguson F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N Z-A. Sarah Ferguson Z-A. See, she's been donating plasma as well, doing her thing for the planet. Uh, great lady. Well done. Thank you very much. 